getting excited because we've started to kind of develop a nice solid format here every week and you know we we jumped right into it we we made our first episode we barely ever had conversations face to face before yep. this uh and we are hitting our groove and it's so dope uh if you are new i'm russell i'm kevin and this is my movies better we pick a new theme every week for a movie trope which is kevin's favorite word uh and this week's theme was time travel yes uh we will talk about back to the future time after time and safety not guaranteed uh outside of that we will dive real deep into confirmed and unconfirmed uh scenarios for star wars episode nine uh we talk about marvel a little bit per usual because we usually do that uh, and then we give you our verdict, and we will tell you which movie is the best movie at the end of this episode. Yeah. So stay tuned. You ready, man? Yeah. You ready to go back in time? Let's go back in. How does it go? Back in time. Yep. <laughs> is it our Yeah. I'm Bill S. Preston, Esquire, and I'm Champion. Bill, here, you take it. Okay. And I'm Ted Theodore Logan. Yeah! And we're Wild Stallions! No, dude! Let's bail! Rule China? Welcome, traveler, to my movies better. I don't know, I just work here. Greetings, my excellent friend. Do you know when the Mongols ruled China? Well, perhaps we could ask them. Bill S. Preston Esquire, Ted Theodore Logan. Gentlemen, I'm here to help you with your history report. What? How? Bill, what? Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. All right, let's get into some movie news. Uh, this is actually not even news. This is more of... Uh, just an explanation, kind of like a theory. It was posted with Screen Rant. Mm-hmm. And I I know this storyline. I actually know this through Cousin Bruce. He explained this whole thing to me, and it's pretty badass. Uh, but this article is called Marvel's House of M is how X-Men can join the MCU in Phase 4. House of M is when Scarlet Witch changes reality. Yeah, and gets rid of the mutants. And gets can, rid of non-mutants. Right, right. Yeah. But so changes the balance of power in favor of mutants, basically. Uh, so Marvel Studios will soon need to figure out how to bring the X Men into Phase Four of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. There are plenty of ways to potentially retcon mutants into have to into having been around for years because you have to do that with like Logan and shit. But the best way to make it happen could come in flipping a popular comic story on its head. Marvel Studios' adaptation of House of M is the way to bring the X-Men into the MCU. Since 2008, and in particular since 2012's The Avengers, Mm -hmm. the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been building toward a major event, Infinity War. It is unofficially the first part of the conclusion. 
Previously titled Avengers Infinity War Part 2, the upcoming sequel is still just known as Avengers 4. Whatever the movie is called, it will be the culmination of the MCU to this point as the heroes look to defeat Thanos and reverse the snap. Marvel Studios is currently focused on wrapping up their first saga, but still has an eye on the future. And there are almost certainly plans being made to make the X-Men part of the future. Since Marvel loves to borrow elements from known comic storylines, but do them with a twist, their take on House of M could be how mutants are brought into the MCU for Phase 4 and beyond. So the X-Men joining the MCU in the future is only possible now because of a major deal Disney is working on. It was revealed, blah, blah, blah. We already know this whole storyline right. about Fox News and stuff, but hold on. Marvel Studios head Kevin Feige has yet to reveal his plans for the X-Men because he legally can't work on them yet and is instead waiting for a phone call that says otherwise. Um, so Scarlet Witch is going to have a Netflix series. You read House of M, correct? I, no, I haven't read okay. I know what the storyline is, though. Yeah. Okay, I know how it is. Well, it basically, it. it could fit really well because it's, I mean, there's not too much before. It, in the, it was, I think, an eight-issue miniseries. And uh, there's not too much that happens before. It's kind of like leading off of another storyline. So, like, almost on, like, the second or third page, the House of M thing happens and time shifts. It would be really cool if, like, at the end you had something where Thanos, like, and Scarlet Witch changes reality to stop Thanos. Mm -hmm. And then the first thing you see is fucking Fassbender Magneto. Like, that would... No, fuck no. I'm against well, that one. Okay, maybe it's not. But, <laughs> but, but, but like, Mag but Magneto. And, mm -hmm. and regardless, and I think it would be cool if they were going with the same characters. I, I don't think they would have to do it with everybody. I know you and I disagree on that usually. Um, but I think it would be cool if they used, like, you know, uh, the characters that they already have. And because in the reality change thing, they're all going to be different characters anyway. So if it was the same actors, it would kind of create that thing where in comics, like, you see a character... And you automatically identify them because of what they look like. Rather, you know, in, in in a movie that's based on an actor a lot of times. So, like, if you were to see the actors who play, even if, it, dude, honestly, if it was, if if you were to see, you know, uh, Patrick Stewart, Professor X, I would lose my shit if I saw Profe Professor X, Patrick Stewart in a fucking Marvel movie because I'd be like, that, that's something I never thought was gonna happen. It'd be cool if they did it. I would anyway. One hundred percent. I'm. I'm not even remotely, I'm totally in support of just starting anew with them. Like, completely from the gate. Like, a new, even though people love them, a, a new Wolverine. Uh, I would have a new person play next. And, and and a lot of these characters, it's not really the act. The actors did kind of establish, like, Robert Downey Jr. for Tony Stark. Like, a lot of them did change the way that we perceive the characters. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that the, the actors themselves are the iconic parts of it. I think the, like, Magneto... When you see Magneto, it's in the vein of, of Darth Vader. You see the helmet, and you go, that's Magneto. Right. You see the bald head in the wheelchair, that's Xavier. You see the giant sideburns and the short, muscular guy, the little runt that's like, Hugh Jackman kind of changed that, but that's Wolverine. I think that's just, Rogue has the white strip in her hair. Storm is, is uh, African-American with white hair. Right. Like, it's blatant. Cyclops has the red visors. Right. I think they all kind of... Jean Grey with being like a long-haired ginger. Like, everybody's got, like, a very specific 
look that they've all kind of held on to. Even Jubilee, when she was brought into the, the cinematic right. universe, when she was originally just right. a cartoon character. But I'll always stand by the fact that the first two X-Men movies, up until Marvel started to really make great movies, mm-hmm. were the only really, really great superhero movies. And I'm including the Spider-Man films of, of the same time. Yeah, And I think a lot of that has to do with Hugh Jackman, but really Ian McKellen and and Patrick Stewart. So I would just be cool if those guys are in the movie, even if it wasn't going to be that they're going to be the, the Magnetos. I'm saying because yeah. now you're you're creating this reality altering world, and you also have the reality gem and the Infinity Gauntlet in, involved in that storyline. I just think it would be so cool if it was like they showed them, and then they showed you the reality, and it was your new Magneto. So you kind of get this like link. That's like, look, all this other stuff happened, and now this is like, now we're together, and you have your new cast. Because I do think that it, it would behoove them to cast new people in all those roles, because not only then do they have complete control over that character and shit, it's just that's how they've done it for so long. So I would see, I could see them doing that. But I could also see them doing it the other way and just being like, well, fuck it. We'll just use all these guys, because... They would, because that's the thing. Can you imagine how much money they'd make if they had that crossover? It'd be like right. the WCW WWF war that we didn't get because Goldberg and Kevin Nash and those guys were in it. Probably wrestling fans. You know what I mean? It's like I, I could see them doing it, but I, I do. I do think that it's going to be good. Uh, any either way, um, it's time for the X Men to be in the MCU. Basically, <laughs> Bill, Chad, this is really quite simple. Unless you get an A-plus on your final oral report tomorrow, I have no choice but to flunk the both Guys, the report had better be something very special. Oh, man. Well, what are we supposed to know for our report? I'm not sure. One thing I know is that Joan of Arc is not Noah's wife. Well, then, who is Noah's wife? I don't know, Ted, but I do know we're in serious trouble. Listen to this. Express to the class how an important historical figure from each of your time periods would view the world as San Dimas, 1988. We are in danger of flunking most heinously tomorrow, Ted. Safety Not Guaranteed. It is a 2012 comedy, thriller, drama, romance. Uh, It is available to stream for $3 on Amazon Prime and Vudu and for $4 on YouTube, iTunes, and Google Play. First thing, we hit the post office. Let's hope our boy checks his uh, P.O. box every day. There she goes. Someone to travel back in time with me. This is not joke. P.O. Box 9-1, Ocean View, Washington. You'll get paid after we get back. Must bring your own weapons. Safety not guaranteed. You know, I started this dialogue with some big shot theoretical physicist online, and I'm like, do the rules of quantum mechanics allow for alternate histories? And he just blasted me. You know, people are just so convinced it's a fixed thing, but they're just like, looking at this like little sliver of time that's all people can see it's not a fixed thing shannon you know, it's on and on in, in both directions it's like a beat you know what i mean i gotta do a bathroom check brother yeah we're 
You know what I'm saying. Kenneth? Stories even better. Yeah. You ready? Yeah. Yeah. You smoked him. Smoked him. Come on. I think I'm getting better than you. Now let's not get ahead of yourself here, okay? Smoke him. favorite song? Would you tell me what it is? Sticker. What is it? It's a really beautiful song. It's that time and that place and that song. And you remember what it was like when you were in that place. And then you listen to that song and you know you're not in that place anymore and it makes you feel hollow. Can you just go find that stuff again? Stormtroopers don't know anything about lasers or time travel. They're blue collar workers. I gotta see this shit. So this movie was written by Derek Connolly, directed by Colin Trevorrow, had a budget of three quarters of a million, but made 4.4 million. And it stars Mark Duplass, Aubrey Plaza, Jake Johnson, and I believe you pronounce it Karan Sony. Yep. 
Uh, it got a 90 on Rotten Tomatoes and a 7 on IMDb. But how did you feel about it? Uh, okay, so overall, I like the movie. Um, it took until the end of the movie for me to like it, though. Because I think this movie plays with your expectations quite a bit. And so, like, when you're initially... When you're initially watching the movie, I think it's trying to trick you into what's going on in several different places. Because, like, it starts out feeling like it's a movie that's not actually about time travel. Um, it's about a guy who thinks he can travel through time. You know, the kind of basic, basically, Aubrey Plaza works for, she's an intern, uh, and she's Better working. magazine, and yep. she's working under Jake Johnson. Right, and uh, her and Jake Johnson and Karan go out there to meet this guy that they found this ad for, which you heard in the trailer, um, a little bit of what the ad, what's in the ad. And so basically, she's like, falls in love with this guy, and, and, it, it kind of is like the movie starts to act like maybe it's all bullshit. Like he tells her this story about a girl that he was in love with who was killed. And that's why he's going back in time. And then of course she's still alive. So like in one point you're like, wait, did she even die or was he successful? Is that what that means? And like up until the final scene, which spoiler alert, he does have a time machine and he can travel <laughs> through time. Um, I was like, okay, there's the payoff. And and I, I felt like that was kind of one of the issues with the movie. And there's one thing in particular that, like, really pointed that out to me. It was Jake Johnson's side story with the girl that he slept with when he was in high school that yeah. he wanted to sleep with again. Totally should have been cut from the movie. And this movie's only 90 minutes long. It's a total distraction, and it never it never comes back. Basically, it's like he meets up with her. He's, like, shy about it. He t lies to them and says that she's, like, ugly now. Then he goes back. They end up sleeping with each other. And he's like, hey, you should come with me back to fucking Seattle and live with me. And she's like, uh, you don't actually mean any of this. You don't actually love me. He freaks out and leaves. And then you never, it's yeah, never like resolved. Weird, let's get drunk and go to a, a right. what was that, fair type thing. Yeah, it, it just never, res the, the, that part of the plot doesn't resolve. And I, yeah. I kind of felt like it was it was useless in that way because I remember it's, especially in you're watching the movie and uh, the story of the time machine is starting to ramp up, right? And so they cut away to him and I was like I don't fucking care about this. I was like I want to see what Aubrey and Mark Duplass are doing because that's what's interesting. So like there was was some stuff like that um, where I was like I was I was not a fan of that part of the movie. However, like overall. It's a very, it's sort of in the same, uh, oh man, I'm going to say it again, our catchphrase, in the same vein as uh, Warm Bodies and uh, Let Me In, it's, it's a different take on the time travel genre. And I think I bring that to the table every time. Yeah, I think you do, and that's good. Uh, One of the things I'll say that's interesting about it is that differing from every other time travel movie that we have seen and that will be the other two we're covering this week this is the only one I've ever seen where the end of the film is when they finally time travel. Everything building up to it is the time travel. Usually it's like they time travel somewhere near the beginning of the film. They have to you repair know. what they've done right. via time travel. Right. Uh, so a couple of things. The Jake Johnson storyline that you're mm -hmm. talking about, I didn't care that it was like kind of weak and didn't make sense, but it doesn't really play up to the 
time travel part of the movie, it plays up to the constant theme that goes throughout the movie, which is <clears throat> it's kind of like making fun of weird people for being weird. Yeah. And, and that's just kind of what it was. And she isn't, he didn't lie. She is not, I think she's beautiful, but the whole idea is that she's not as she See, used to I, be. Yeah, I couldn't tell if it was, because I was like, she's pretty attractive. Yeah. I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be that he was like, he like was like, oh, I can't do this. He got gun shy, and then he's like, oh yeah, you know, she's ugly now. That's why I just I just left. So I was like, no, she's she's not. Right. So I was a little confused by that. Yeah. Um. So Jake Johnson, I'm a huge fan of everything he does and everything he's been in. I think he's hilarious. So I just I'm glad that he had something to do. Mm-hmm. But that's more what the movie was about. Not so much about the time travel. It was like I mean the whole idea of she immediately kind of is drawn to this guy and starts falling in love with him, but. The whole idea was that his his article, his ad in the, the newspaper was weird, and he's a weird dude, yeah. and it gets really weird. So the whole idea is that she's exploiting. Mm-hmm. She likes him and everything, but she was blatantly like lying to him and exploiting right. and right. playing this character so that he'd yeah, open with her. There's that scene where he's like, uh, I brought my Star Wars guys out here because I didn't want them to be lonely. Right. Yeah. <laughs> awkward shit like that. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the whole idea. And then even the... the um, what is it? Karan, is that how you say his name? I, I think know. so. Karan, yeah, I think. He uh, is is the awkward shy of the, the three of them. Like, mm. he, you know, they're two interns. He has some of the best lines in the movie, too. Yeah, the, he's way the funny. thing about, like, the, why, does, why does your laptop have flames on it? It's a gaming laptop. It goes very fast. Like, <laughs> he's just, he's very fucking good in this movie. Yeah, but also, like, really weird. And that's kind oh, yeah. of the whole idea of, of the whole movie is it, the moral of the story is to... I don't know, not judge the right. book by its cover or even so much what's in the book too much. Right, right. <laughs> well, and that even, like, that works with the whole time travel thing, like, because, like I was saying, like, the way that they save it up, mm-hmm. you realize that that's not really what, like you're saying, is not what's important about yeah. it. So that they, was very they, interesting. They played to that a lot to mm. make you go, oh, there's blatantly not a time machine. Yeah. But then my favorite thing is they start building up this whole, like, the, people are chasing him around suddenly. In trench coats, yeah. and there's like, uh, I was listening to, uh, like, I don't know, I was watching a YouTube video, like, because I always do that, I do a little bit, like, hear what people have to say yeah, about it, yeah, but more, more so wanting to know, like, facts about the movies, or whatever, but um, someone compared that to the weird uh, PI that kept following around uh, the Big Lebowski, oh, the dude yeah. in the Big Lebowski, yeah, 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 yeah. and so... Um, I thought that was pretty funny because it, it, that consistently happens. They keep showing up and then running off, and then mm-hmm. like in burn after reading is another example right, of right, that happening. Right. Um, I really liked uh, Mark Duplass in this movie. Um, I think I mean Aubrey Plaza is great, but she's also kind of like stock Aubrey Plaza by today's standards. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like at that point, it would have been like you wouldn't really have ever seen this character before, but it definitely felt like uh, you know the Parks and Recreation character that she played it was very similar it was kind of like and i know that she made a couple movies with like the same director i think this might be one of them that like broke really broke her into like the mainstream bigger yeah. than like television i think it's the same team that did uh middle little miss sunshine it, uh, yes it is the same i, I know it's the same director involved with no. but um that made sense a lot too because i read that before i watched the movie the yeah tone of it is very much the same yeah because i will say like it, it's a very good movie um, to, like, if I wanted to, like, nitpick it, one of the things that I immediately noticed is that, like, it feels more like it's a television show from the way it's shot and stuff. 
Yeah, and, and all the, the people in this are more are famous TV for people. being from yeah, TV. Exactly. So, but it, it definitely really works. It's definitely like, it was a movie that had me smiling and like enjoying myself a yeah. lot. Even though I was kept going like, what the fuck? What's, why is this part even happening? I was still like, but I still like this movie. And I liked how even though I immediately was like that thing with with Jake John or not Jake, whatever his name is was Jake Johnson. Jake Johnson, okay. That I was immediately like that thing was dumb with the whole side story with him. But then it led to like the the him trying to get Quran laid and like which was also <laughs> kind of weird because it was kind of like they picked up high school kids. I think I don't know. I think they were supposed to be college kids, but yeah. the idea was that they were definitely younger than him, and it was like living vicariously right. through them. And at least it showed that he like partied them a little bit, and then like he went away like so it was like okay yeah. he didn't sleep with any of that these was, you didn't think that was such like I thought, I thought that was such like a touching it was just no, it was. when he was driving at the end of it when he's in they were doing the go-karts and stuff and they're racing oh and he's eventually crying. he's like yeah. way ahead of all of them jake johnson and he's just drinking his beer and just kind of starts crying a little bit yeah. i was like and he's i think he's yeah. drinking a bottle of whiskey he's yeah, definitely he got like a up. bottle and he's he got a cigarette and he's yeah, yeah that was that was um, a good scene I will say this is I just I had to Google because I can't remember the name of the movie and it was a fantastic movie the movie Creep yeah. Mark Duplass and he's in both Creep and Creep Two. Um, I liked that the character he plays in this also kind of lived up to that. Is this guy weird? Is he creepy? Is he dangerous? Yep. Is he yep. whatever? You know what I mean? The, the ad says safety not guaranteed and to bring weapons and shit. Exactly. Um, I, I like that it kind of brought that tone to it. It made it it added to the thriller aspect of definitely, this. Definitely, definitely. <clears throat> Yeah, I would definitely say uh, this is a movie I give positive. I have a positive feeling, you know, on. It's definitely something I'd recommend. It's funny. It's interesting. It doesn't, like, it doesn't pick being one thing necessarily. So it feels very unique, you mm-hmm. know. it's it, There's not a lot of films that I would say are a lot like it. Um, but at the same time, it also felt more like a TV show. And had just a little bit for a movie that's so short, had just some stuff that didn't need to be in it. Right. That kind of like blocked your access to the good stuff. Right. This is something to me that's funny to keep saying that because I think this would have worked amazing as an, and the, the, for the budget they had, it would have worked for a Netflix series. Yeah. Could have just been a short six episode series. Right. right. And then you'd have room and, 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 and an excuse to give Jake Johnson his own arc right you know what i mean yeah because i was really that was the thing that annoyed me the most i just felt like at the end there should have been some sort of resolution even if it was that they just met up again and she was like f you you know like that just would have been like resolution to the character it was just like she just disappeared from the movie you know and i don't i don't like when that happens because i think that it tried to say like well that's the resolution it's like but that you can't do that halfway through the movie because you're gonna keep your viewer is gonna keep going what about that chick? What happened there? You know, <laughs> like so. But I did, I did think that this movie did well without that. It just was a personal thing. If I was like recutting the movie, I might cut back that part so that he mentions it, but you don't really, it doesn't really come back after he goes to see her and and it comes back to them because it's not. Once the movie ramps up, you don't need it. You know. Yeah. It's like I want to know what's going on with Aubrey and Mark, not what's going on with these guys and they their scenes are good but like if you had kept only the good ones with them because it's like they you could have gone into it the same way instead of him being mad because he you know the girl spurned him basically he comes back and he's just like 
I'm bored because they've been sitting there doing nothing while Aubrey does like all the work. So yeah. they'd be like, let's go get drunk and I'm going to get you laid, you know, cause it would fit his character too, the way he's been the whole movie. So. Right. Um, I, I think my favorite thing in this movie is that none of the chemistry was off. Like I think every single oh, yeah. relationship in this worked really, really well. Every friendship, every yep. romance, every villain, even I guess you would call them yeah, the yeah. agents, whatever. So I thought it that part of it was brilliant. Yeah. But it was very well done. I loved uh, the scene where he, like, tries to break in to steal the shit. And the, leave, he leaves the party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he has to leave through the party, and then everybody stops and stares at him. Yep. Yeah. That whole scene was great. Him, like, him taking out the security guard, and the security guard just like, oh, okay. Like, and then he, he, he sees the camera, and he, like, jumps down and stuff. Like, he's... <laughs> It's like, I was immediately thinking, I'm like, oh, man, it's like, what, I could only imagine being in that situation where he's, like, trained so much, he's thought so much about doing this stuff, but, like, he's still, he's not perfect at it, you know, no, and that not was... not, like, really a well secret done. agent or anything no, like that. exactly. Or it was, like, him, it, it led you more down that path of, like, is this all fake? Like, is this all just, like, some game he's playing or some life he wants to live? Right. So. It's pretty yeah. amazing. Bailo Sastis. Socrates. Hey, we know that name. Yeah. Hey, look him up. Oh, it's under Socrates. Oh, yeah. Socrates. The only true wisdom consists in knowing that you know nothing. That's us, dude. Oh, yeah. Let's bag him. Yeah. How's it going? I'm Bill. This is Ted. We're from the future. Socrates. Now what? I don't know. Philosophize with me. <clears throat> All we are is dust in the wind, dude. I close my eyes Only for a moment and the moment's gone All my dreams Pass before my So, uh, Grindelwald has been part of the Harry Potter movies since 2001. He is the main villain of the new Fantastic Beasts. It's called The Crimes of Grindelwald. Mm -hmm. uh, the Crimes of Grindelwald will chart the beginnings of Gellert Grindelwald's reign of terror throughout the wizarding world. However, many fans aren't aware that this dark wizard has been included in the Harry Potter movies since the very beginning. Fantastic Beasts is a, pre a prequel series which takes place 50 years before the events of the Harry Potter saga. Future Hogwarts headmaster Albus Dumbledore, which is played by Jula in this series, mm -hmm. and the sinister revolutionary Gellert Grindelwald, who is played by Johnny Depp, let's see if he ends up in another movie after this one, right. <laughs> uh, have been set upon a fateful collision course, but since Dumbledore cannot yet bring himself to face his old friend in battle, Newt Scam Scam Scatty Scamander. Scamander. Something like that. <laughs> uh, Jacob Kowalski and his and sisters Tina and Queenie Goldstein are soon to be caught in the deadly crossfire. There's a whole bunch of like I, I know what they're talking about. They're, they're, the whole branch is that he's a character that did appear at one point, which is weird because I'm pretty sure he looked like like a teenager when I saw him. Uh, well, he must appeared on like the Snape. He appeared in that flashback. I believe that was in the sixth movie. He also he's in the sixth movie twice because Voldemort kills him. In that movie, and he's an old man in in the fucking abandoned prison for like two seconds, and I can't remember who played him, but 
So yes, he has made appearances, but never at the age of where it takes place in this film. So yeah. and I thought that was interesting. I was actually, I think it was a, a missed opportunity though, because I think Colin Farrell would have been better as Grindelwald. Um, I mean, Johnny Depp's Johnny Depp, aside from all the shit that he's going through or he's put himself through right now. Uh, I just, at the end of that first movie, it, I was kind of like, man, that was kind of stupid. I kind of wish that it just turned out that he was Grindelwald and he, it was just Colin Farrell. And I would have been cool with that because he was so good in that movie. And then you're like, oh, so that guy's just dead. Mm-hmm. That sucks because that character was fucking cool and I liked his portrayal. And now he's just gone forever. It would have been cool if it was like he was pretending to be that guy, but he's also Grindelwald or something. I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of like at the end of the fourth movie with Mad-Eye Moody. We were like, well, wait, how did fucking David Tennant, whatever his name is, Barty Crouch Jr., how did he know how to be Mad-Eye Moody, like, perfectly the whole fucking time so that none of that was Mad-Eye Moody? Like, what? <laughs> and then it's, like, one movie later, dead. <laughs> um, you want to hear the 10 Star Wars Episode Nine rumors that aren't confirmed, or rumors that are confirmed true? And yeah, that aren't? throw them at me. Let's, let's go down this list. Let's start now. <laughs> Confirmed. Leia will not be recast. Good. Why would they? She's dead. Yeah, you kill the character off. You yeah. don't fucking recast. I don't think that's what they're doing. I think they need to use a whole bunch of alternate cuts. And yeah, mostly. Like virtual reality stuff. Well, I'm okay with that sort of stuff. You have to sometimes, so. Uh, not confirmed. But this is what people. I thought it wouldn't make sense to me. Ray's mother is Kira from Solo. Uh, she's yeah. the one who plays the queen in um, Game of Thrones. She was in one of the new Terminator movies. Oh, um, wait, she plays Daenerys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I forget her name. Emily something, I think. But her character in Solo could be Ray's mom, and it makes sense from what they explain who she is. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's not confirmed yet. Um, next, we have, if my, <laughs> if it'll load, which it's not doing, confirmed, Billy D. Williams will return as Lando. There are two rules to remember if you want to have a good time. Rule number one, never run out of Colt 45. Rule number two, never forget rule number one. You want to know why you should keep plenty of Colt 45 on hand? You never know when friends might show up. I don't claim you can have a better time with Colt 45 than without it. But why take chances? The power of Colt 45. What? That is awesome. Yeah. Finally. Not confirmed. Episode 9 will be two movies. Why, why do that? <sighs> Please don't. So it's going to be episode 9.5? Well, I know why I do that. Because they're like, wait, if this movie makes $900 million, and the other movie would make $900 million. <laughs> Uh, confirmed. Mark Hamill is listed as part of the Star Wars 9 cast. Interesting. Flashbacks, perhaps? Maybe. Not confirmed. Snoke's other apprentices will appear. Hmm. Well, because the other thing about appearances in movies like that is that sometimes that can also mean flashbacks that aren't new shots, where they, like, have a scene from, or, you know, like a cut from Return, uh, Return of the Jedi, from Last Jedi, mm-hmm. And but they still have to credit Mark Hamill in the movie. 
sometimes that happens in movies like this. People are like, oh, he's going to be in it. And you're like, yeah, he was in it for two seconds. And like a right. memory. <laughs> um, confirmed. Star Wars 9 will not retcon The Last Jedi. Good. Stop crying about it, fucking nerds. Not really. Uh, not confirmed. There will be a time jump. Interesting. I'm going to elaborate on this because I don't know what this is talking about. Uh, rumors are circulating that episode nine. Oh, like as in the yeah, two movies. Yeah, it jumps forward in time. Yeah, rumors are circulating that episode nine will see a huge time jump in the story, taking the characters farther into their future futures than the previous films. I'm okay with that if they if they do it right in the sense that they uh, show just enough of what happened to make the time jump worth mm-hmm. something. You know, I like this one. Yeah, because I need my boy Chewie to have a life after Solo. Uh, confirmed. Poe and Finn will be going on a mission with Chewbacca. So that's the team. Awesome. That's going to be awesome. I wonder if we'll get to see Chewie's family again, like in the Star Wars Christmas special. <laughs> Never speak of that again, George Lucas. <laughs> um, not confirmed. Obi-Wan Kenobi will appear in Star Wars 9. As a ghost, I'm guessing? As a ghost. Yeah, as a force ghost. Kids see ghosts sometimes. So wait, in what way? Will it be Ewan McGregor dressed up like... Uh, Ewan. Ewan. Ewan McGregor. <laughs> his name. We always go over this. Dressed up as Sir... Sir... Uh, whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. He's going to, like... They're going to, like, put makeup on. Are they just going to use, like, old footage of him? Sir Alec Guinness? I don't know. Weird. That one I'm a little apprehensive about. I'm like... But, like... Obi-Wan's that one's not dead. confirmed, though. So they probably <laughs> yeah. won't. Uh, this is confirmed, though. Ray and Finn will be together on screen again. Cool. Which is good. Um, not confirmed. Ray has a secret child. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, that's going to stay not confirmed. That's not happening. That's yeah, a stupid fucking so. storyline. Wait, is, it, is she pregnant? Hmm? Does that mean she's pregnant or she already has she a child? She had a child and abandoned it somehow. That's yeah, that if it, hasn't, that's if it hasn't already been like alluded to enough, then I don't think that they're going to do that. Uh, confirmed. Richard E. Grant is not Grand Admiral Thrawn. Uh, yeah, I'm not okay. enough of a nerd to know yeah, I don't what know that what, means. I don't know what any of that means. <laughs> not confirmed Star Wars 9 will not use CGI for Leia of course it's not confirmed they're going to have to use CGI for Leia come on yeah. step it up why even put that in here confirmed Star Wars 9 ends ends the Skywalker saga this will be the end of that storyline so because from the beginning of Anakin to Kylo to the end of Luke the end of Kylo. Kylo, yeah. yeah. Well, this whole entire story. Um, Interesting. Not confirmed. All-out war between the Resistance and the First Order. That has to play out, right? It's yeah, part I mean, it's, then... yeah, it's part three of the trilogy, so you got to go for the big, big fight. Oh, shit. This What's is up? big. Confirmed. John Williams will retire after Star Wars 9. Wow. What would Star Wars be without its incredible music score? Nah, Wave wouldn't be anything, man. I mean, it would be something, but it wouldn't. It's it wouldn't be quite the same, man. I mean, the Imperial March alone, the Star Wars theme, and the Imperial March are probably two of the most recognizable pieces of music 
in just in music, not I mean, just I'm in sure movies. He'll be allowed to use his stuff. It just won't be live. Yeah, he won't be audio creating new stuff over again from the movies. But he's also he's created quite a bit of you know like he had the the duel of the no it wasn't the duel of the fates it was something like that the which was you know he wrote the score for the the prequel trilogy as well and actually i mean everybody obviously shits on the prequel trilogy but his music in it is fantastic it's it's different but still feels like the music from the original trilogy you know yeah so it feels like he's grown and changed it just enough that it's not just the exact same themes but they're still they fit with the rest of the music and i think he's done the same thing with these so uh, not confirmed. Yoda will share a scene with Rey. So Ghost Yoda again. Yoda. Yoda. Shout out to Weird Al. Star Wars 9. Interesting. So he's pulling a George Lucas approach. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, he might as well. He, he should have directed all three movies, I think, but... Uh, and this is the very last thing. And is it not confirmed? And this is one of those things that does go... I know who it is, because now I can I see a picture of her, but uh, as far as like, what she, how she's important, you know, it, they're trying to tie in the extended made-up universe yeah, yeah. within it. And it already can't make sense because Luke is gone, apparently. Um, Mara Jade will appear in Star Wars 9 is not confirmed. And that's the one that goes on to marry Luke and his yeah. Jedi. That's not... How would that even make sense? Yeah. Like an old man. They, they, he, they got married. Like he, It's an alternate universe storyline. Um, I wouldn't have known... She's not that memorable character to me either. No. I don't know why this is no. number one. Because she... First of all, what, her name didn't trigger it. Her picture did. I got a piece of news here that I'm kind of bringing up just because we've talked about it so much in the past few episodes. Um, so the Filmstruck saga continues. Now, I guess there's this uh, support petition going around that has been signed by, among the likes of Barbara Streisand and Guillermo del Toro, of all people, uh, 40,000 signatures to save the classic and cult film Treasure Trove Filmstruck. Um and I'm really happy to hear this because I, as you probably know from, if you've listened to any other episodes, I'm a big fan of this. In fact, time after time, the movie, one of the movies we cover this week is a movie that's on Filmstruck. Um, so there's a lot of stuff on there. It's got, there's, it's, it allows you get an access to a lot of movies that you can't easily get other than buying them on DVD for like 40, 50 bucks a pop. So, um, Warner Media Group, owned by AT&T, are still planning to pull the plug, uh, and their reasoning is that despite having a very loyal fan base, it remains largely a niche service, uh, and the plan is to divert the money invested in Filmstrick back into their collective portfolios. So Warner Brothers, once again, go fuck yourselves. <laughs> you make shitty fucking movies, and you own too much shit, and now you're ruining 
something great, which you even say you have a very loyal fan base that spends a lot of money on your movies. God damn it. Let us have Filmstruck, please. Yeah. So, yeah. I never even got to try it out. Yeah, because now you can't actually sign up for it anymore. I still have access to it until I think the 26th. That's the, like, cutoff day. But, uh, yeah, if you didn't sign up before that, now you just get a screen that says too bad, basically, if you go to the site. So, that sucks. I had been selected for a most important journey. I was to help fulfill the destiny of the two great ones, Bill and Ted. Wild Stallions rule! Whenever time stands still and trouble moves too fast, to save the future, we must learn about the past. Whoa! Time After Time. It is a 1979 fantasy thriller. And it is available on Vudu uh, and YouTube for $2.99 and Amazon Prime for $2.99. And as well as on uh, iTunes and Google Play. The time is 1893. And novelist and inventor H.G. Wells invites you to join him on a flight. From London to San Francisco. In under a minute, you will be transported to a bizarre and fantastic new age. Today. Time after time. For H.G. Wells, the modern world offers a spectacular array of revelations, embarrassments, and delights. Well, hello there. Hello. What's up, Doc? I beg your pardon? You were saying? Where to? Uh, could you please take me as quickly as possible to the Hyatt? But Wells has not come here as a tourist. His visit will be somewhat more dangerous. For he is pursuing Jack the Ripper, a villain who has eluded his fate by escaping into time. Ninety years ago, I was a freak. Today, I'm an amateur.
so Time After Time was directed and uh, written and directed by Nicholas Meyer, starred Malcolm McDowell, David Warner, and Mary Steenburgen. Uh, the film was made for, I don't know how much money because it doesn't say here, but it made only $13 million, which actually isn't too bad for a 1979 movie. And as you can tell from the trailer, it is the story of H.G. Wells hunting down Jack the Ripper, Russell. What did you think of this movie time after time? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think the anything that took place in the 1700s uh, was severely overacted. Oh, the eight, yeah, in the past, the yeah. 1800s. 18, was it 18? Yeah, it was 1880s. Something. No, 1880s, Jack the Ripper. So much that, like the the, the very initial the the prostitute yeah. that he kills in, in the alleyway. Um, Hello, Davey. Yeah, that like. I also didn't expect him to sound like that either. If he's been playing Jack the Ripper, and then then it kind of grows on you when you yeah. see him throughout the movie. Um, I thought it, it was fun, but I think it's because I've seen Back to the Future a thousand times that I was just like, I don't know, man. It yeah. just wasn't it wasn't hitting for me. And there was some things that didn't make sense. Like he, when he takes her, just like a few days into the future to prove, yeah, that um, he can really time travel with this machine, and that he is from the eighteen hundreds. Uh, she finds out she's been murdered. Yep. How does that work? That doesn't make any sense. She left, so how could she have been murdered? She skipped three days because well, she was gone for three days. See, all three of these movies prescribe to the the same sort of theory on time, I feel like, because we noticed a similar thing in uh, Safety Not Guaranteed with Kristen Bell's character magically being alive again mm-hmm. and then finding out that she really had, that character really had died in the past so that he must have gone to the future and been successful. So it's like, I guess time is, in these, it's like looking at, like, time is just always happening and every time is always happening. So, like... I guess it proves that they go back. I guess it proves that they they've gone back after this and and done more stuff because then they go back and they try to stop the other murders and they can't. They're like almost physically impeded. So it's like they're going down the same path and there's nothing they can do about it. And and you see the same thing in Back to the Future in the sense that like he while things in the past are changing the right. photographs disappearing like all that shit so i think all these movies are trying to say that like yeah time is always happening which is weird to me cuz i totally agree with you it's like wait if she went to the future at that point she left she, she yeah. left present day and then she didn't come back until 3 days later so how could she have been murdered while she was gone because they went back to the 3 days they, they went forward, looked at the paper, and then they got back in the time machine and went back. So she's back in the present time. My question, too, is wouldn't that create two of her, though? Yeah, like, if that's the case, if you, then there's the murdered version of her and the living version. That's why I'm saying it doesn't make any sense. It, it's like that thing I, I might have talked about in the past when we talked about movies involving mm. time travel. Um, imagine you are looking through a portal from one side you can see the future right and on the other side you can see the past so you walk around it right and this isn't a thing that you could put things through so you walk all the way around it 
and now you see yourself in the past about to walk around it. Right. If you shoot yourself in the back of the head, how is that even possible? Because you would have been shot in the head. You would have not have been able to come back around this time portal to right. look at yourself in the first right. place. Um, but that's why I think this works. It's a time continuum vortex like right. problem. But that's, that's, why, why, that's why I think this works, because she did go back. Like They immediately follow the prescribed steps that will lead them right to the murder that's going to happen. So mm-hmm. I feel like that one, I can understand what you're saying, but I feel like that one kind of works. Like Because the future newspaper came with them to the past, and now she sees because that's what the paper would have said, so the paper changed. I guess. <laughs> I don't know, because like the movie never tells us that. How do you feel about the acting in this movie? Um. Okay, well, uh, it's a little bit weird. Because you're definitely dealing with a different Malcolm McDowell than you've ever seen. And in fact... He's like he, a nervous, jittery... Yeah, he's not He's not Michael McDow- uh, Malcolm McDowell that you would expect. He's not uh, the droog that he played in Clockwork Orange or mm-hmm. Caligula or any of these other... And even when they were casting it, the studio was like, but he's a villain. And Nicholas Meyer was like, no, we got to get this guy. He's an actor. He can play many different roles. I think he's pretty good in this movie. Um, and, and same being said for, uh, uh, David Warner, who plays Jack the Ripper, they do a fine job. They're both like, I both, I feel like they don't really have a lot of faith in the movie, uh, that it's going to be like a huge, huge success. And it really wasn't that big of a success. It, it did well enough that it made its money back and shit, but it wasn't like, it was like, you know, some huge movie that made them tons of money or that was going to be winning them awards or anything. So right. I don't really think McDowell, like, he didn't, I wouldn't say he didn't act, you know, his ass off in this movie, but I don't think he acted his ass off in this movie. And I personally think that the uh, the uh, Mary Steenburgen mm-hmm. is, like, kind of bad in this movie. Yeah. Um, I hate I, her I honestly, voice. I'm going to be real with you. I didn't think Malcolm McDowell was very good in this movie. It, he's like I thought he was like you could okay. tell he was acting, which yeah. is not what you want from an actor. Yeah. And what's really weird is that David Warner's character, uh, he has never acted before this. This is his first movie. Yep. And it was his first time in front of a camera. He seemed to be like the most natural yeah. character in the entire movie. Like yeah. he really played it. He was very good. Yes. Yeah. I like to believe the people are the people. Like you know what I mean? Like I, I want to. I know that sounds the most dumbed down version of my explanation i just want to like when i see a performance like there's a movie called um out of the furnace yep and i love uh what's his name willie and i because because willie well, nelson I... came to my head yeah. immediately and now it's messing with my head uh cheers oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah willie from cheers um Jesus no, Christ. his first name is the actor Blank. i know i know what you're talking about but i'm just blanking on it he was in No Country for Old Men, and he's in everything. His dad was a hitman. What the hell's wrong with you right now? True Detective. Yeah. I know. I, I We're blanking. Cause it's because we're recording a podcast. We would know it if we weren't recording. Yeah. Uh, Woody. That's Woody, why. Because uh, Willie came in my head yeah. and it fucked with me. Woody Harrelson. Yep. So Woody Harrelson, he's played bad people. You know what I mean? And he's done really good at, at doing it. Uh, but he's usually... There's something always captivating about it like you love him you mm-hmm. like even if you hate him if he if he's doing something really evil or bad that one movie out of the furnace he's just such 
a piece of shit, and he is so good at playing it right. that I hated. I hated Woody Harrelson in that movie. Like I hated him as a person, and it was really like a weird. I want that. Yeah. From actors who are supposed to be bad, I right. want to be like you are fucking evil. Yeah. You know well, what I, mean? I also think that like when the first time I saw this movie, I was like, I'm really interested in this. It. I mean, just the premise. The fucking guy from Clockwork Orange is playing H.G. Wells going back in time to, or forward in time rather, to mm-hmm. stop Jack the Ripper who has gone forward in time to kill people. I was like, that sounds like an awesome movie. They should also mention that about half of the movie is H.G. Wells finding a girlfriend and being a fish out of water in San Francisco. Because yeah. that's really what most of the movie is. And that's the part that I get the most bored at. And the, and the world is nothing like he had imagined right. in his like, Ooh, there's, works. <laughs> there's televisions and, you know. Yeah, and, but it's like it, we've had war. And, yeah, and it's yeah. not what he expected. Because, well, yeah, at the beginning, basically. Like utopia. Yeah, at the beginning, he's playing a game of chess in real life and psychologically with Jack the Ripper, who he doesn't know is Jack the Ripper yet who's his doctor friend, and the doctor is positing that while in the future nothing's going to be any better, mm-hmm. and H.G. Wells is like, I believe in a few years it's going to be a utopian society and everything will be perfect. So when he goes to the future, Jack Zerber's like, told you, look, everything's yeah. worse. He like shows him the news, and he's like, look, it's just as bad, if not worse. And even so much so, Jack Ripper was like, uh, these people make me look like... Uh... I don't know what he says in the movie, but pretty much like I'm a teletype. Like harmless, yeah. <laughs> Compared to the, the people yeah, that have done stuff. In he's even like, yo, you should go back. You belong there. I actually belong here. Like he was like trying to cut a deal with him. Like yeah, you don't need he to wants stop the key me. or whatever, right? Yep. He's like, you won't have to ever deal with me ever again. You just go and I can go wherever I want in the future. That part of it is really cool. But the yeah. whole like side storyline with you know with the, the girl with Mary is just kind of boring, and it, it I think is. it takes a lot of the weight out of the sales. Even though Back to the Future like literally lifted the scene purposefully, and the same actress uh, yeah. is in Back to the Future Three, and really studied this film while they were making it, I, I definitely think this film is not as good as it could be. With right. the same cuts, um, I feel like I want to agree on that it shouldn't have happened. But I'm also a huge. You've seen. I, we bitched about it during Near Dark. I don't like the rushed romance. Yeah. To fit the plot of the story, they did that in. Uh, they did that in They Live. I, I and I love They Live, but they did that weird thing where why does he care? He literally has had two. Like ten minute conversations with this woman, and he's like enamored by her, so that when yeah. she turns oh the gun on him at the end, you're supposed to feel heartbreak for him. Yep. Why? They don't even. He doesn't even know her last name. There's it no way he knows her last name. In that movie, they did it that would, near dark, and they. Yep. they and I don't want him to do that in this. In They Live, it would have made more sense if Keith David was the one who had sold him out. Right. That would have been a more because their relationship was so established throughout the right. whole film. So I totally agree with you there. Um, I do like the joke, the Susan B. Anthony thing. Oh, yeah, I'll be Susan B. Anthony, yeah. yeah. That was interesting. Yeah, because, so, yeah, she ends up, basically, story, so the story goes, they uh, they team up, stop Jack the Ripper, and she decides to go back to the past and basically trap Jack the Ripper in the future without the time machine or the key. Um, and they go back to the past, and, she, like you said, she says, I'm going to be Susan B. Anthony. And I was mm-hmm. like... Looked it's not trapped it's... him in the future. Trapped him in a non-stop oh, continuum of correct. time traveling. Yeah, yeah. So he just keeps on going until eventually he goes insane and dies. Right, right. Yeah, so he's fucked. 
Um, but I also thought that was interesting because I didn't really, I didn't do my history here to look this up, but I'm pretty sure that Susan B. Anthony would have been like pretty old by <laughs> like by the time, like she, the, the time wouldn't have linked up in that. She would have been too old already, I think. Like, or maybe Susan B. Anthony was like way younger. I just feel like the time there is like 1880s into the early 1900s. I just feel like Susan B. Anthony was already like in her 50s at that point. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but. Susan B. Anthony was born in 1820. In 1888, she would have been 68 years old. Yeah. Uh... yeah so, time after time, interesting movie. Not to be confused with the Cindy Lauper song. No. No. And actually, here's another little funny thing I'll, I'll, I'll put us away on. This is the last thing I'll say about time after time. So when they were making the movie, uh, I guess Malcolm McDowell had gotten a hold of some tapes of what H.G. Wells actually sounded like. And he had a high-pitched voice that sounded like Cyndi Lauper. I'm not even kidding. These I, did, I read that, too. Yep. I read that. That, yep. that was what, what I thought was funny. So, yes. But they decided to not go with that dirt route and uh, instead have him speak with just like a gentry London accent. So, Word. yeah. The speaker, one of the greatest presidents in American history, Mr. Abraham Lincoln. Audio on, dudes! Excellent to each other. Party on, dudes! Good one, dude. 
gotta get back to our report. Yeah, we take you with us, but it's a history report, not a future report. Another piece of news I saw actually here I wanted to bring up. Uh, so, MovieWeb.com has a story here. Aquaman runtime reveals the third longest DCEU movie yet. Why the fuck is this movie long? It should be short. It should be sweet. It should be to the point. I actually think it could be a good movie if... They went the Marvel route and made this more of like a rollicking, kick-ass action movie with a guy who could totally play that role. Jason Momoa could be an action star. But instead, it sounds like it's going to be more of the stupid DCU fucking overblown bullshit. Did you just mess that up on accident? What did or I did say? Did you say Jason Momoa? I did not mean to say Jason. I, I was going to say, does he Jason. think it's pronounced Jason? No. Jason. That would have been hilarious as like all the times you've said people's names. <laughs> Wrong. I just have a <laughs> I have a speech impediment. Yeah. So <laughs> it is what it is. But yeah, so Aquaman's gonna be long, I guess. I don't know why. Oh well, we'll do a review for that. We're gonna start doing more movies in the yeah. theaters. We went to go see uh, an advanced screening yes. for Overlord ahead of the the advanced advanced screening for the fans. But we were uh, late. We got a personal invite. We were ten minutes late. We took like two or three trains to get in, and uh, they rejected us at the yeah. door. Pieces of shit. Yeah. So. Oh, well. So sorry we don't have a, an early review of Overlord <laughs> for you, but it is what it is. But we will have some. We're gonna definitely be working on that. It was funny because in the end of what we did is we just took the train into Boston to get a piece of pizza. That's right. When super giant pizza. Sweet chili sauce and chicken, chicken and yep. bacon and like uh, white, white sauce. sauce. Oh, 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 delivered as soon as possible, girls. I think we're just about ready to build the perfect pizza. That sells pizza. <laughs> Hell yeah, they have a, a beautiful accident pizza, yeah. an accident where they did uh, sweet chili sauce and chicken, chicken yep. and bacon and like uh, white sauce. It was oh my god, it was so yep. fucking good. Yep. So it was an accident. You never would have you never would have found that pizza if we hadn't. I'll never get to have it again either because right. it was they're not gonna make it again. It was an accident. Your movie is. Back to the Future. It is a 1985 fantasy slash science fiction slash comedy. It is available on Vudu for $3, iTunes for $4, and though it is on Amazon Prime for $3, you can get it for free through Amazon Prime if you subscribe to Cinemax, even if it's just the seven-day trial.
your band is on the roster for the dance auditions after school today. Why even bother, McFly? You don't have a chance. You're too much like your own man. No McFly ever amounted to anything in the history of Hill Valley. was directed by Robert Zemeckis and it starred Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, Leah Thompson, Crispin Glover, and The Power of Love by Huey Lewis in the News because that literally was credited as being in the movie right in the title credits and is not the only Huey Lewis in the News song in this movie. There's also Back in Time, which is literally written for this movie. So... It's hard for me to just sit here and be like, what did you think about one of the best fucking movies of all time? Maybe one of the most popular, well-loved movies of all time, at least. Yeah. What do you think about Back to the Future, bro? Oh, man. So boring and mediocre and just like, ugh. Just fuck off. Don't ever, why are we even watching this dog shit movie? These dog shit actors. You Michael J. Fox is garbage. You can't trick me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I think the same thing I always think about this movie, and that it's I will watch it again tomorrow. I, it's one of those movies I've watched oh, yeah. a couple days in a row. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. Love yeah, that. I ended up sitting down and watching the whole trilogy in a run just because they were all available on the the seven day trial that I got. So I was like, why not? Yeah. It's one of the tightest trilogies. Uh, this is definitely the best film, I think, in the trilogy. Yep. But uh, most people will go with part two. I'm, me and you both yeah, say part one. Right? They're wrong. They need to watch it again. It doesn't yeah, hold up. It doesn't. Um, the other thing, too, is uh, part three is really, really fun for such a not okay movie. Yeah. I, it wasn't the best. It wasn't no. good. But it, it's it's wicked fun, especially when I watched this many times as a kid. It was like, why, you know? Right, exactly. Why would I ever hate this movie? Um, I got I got a few things I could say about this movie. I, this was the movie I took a little bit of notes on. Oh, what do you got? Well, before you get into your notes, mm. why don't we just address what we don't like about the movie? Okay. Because we have so much we could say about this because it's a fantastic oh, movie. Yeah. yeah. And everybody else already knows why they love it. What What did you not like? Because I got a couple things. 
Well, I have one thing right off the bat. Actually, we can jump right in with this. Uh, we're going to start, because this is time travel, why not just go straight to the ending and talk right about the ending? Because I have a big problem with how this movie ends. And it gets into like what we've talked about a couple different times now in this episode and other ones about movies that deal with time travel. So when Marty gets back to 1985, right, mm-hmm. his house and family are completely different. Okay, this means a lot of things that that Marty would have experienced never happened. His whole life would have been different, but he doesn't know any of those experiences, right? Uh, And so his whole life would have been different, yet he is still the same guy with the same memories and experiences because if not, then he wouldn't have gone back in time to 1985. So the fact that he's back here now means that he did all that stuff that now never happened. Boom. Time continuum contundrum. There's more. Okay? The whole world would be different considering of how many people he interacted with. And because the film showed us that can be two Docs and Martys or two of anybody at the same time, would this also mean that there could be a different future Marty who existed for all those years? Or... Like, is there a second... Like, that was a thing I always wondered, like, before I saw the second movie. I felt like that, that... should have been something that they cleared up. Like, it seems like a major plot hole for him to leave and then come back and everything's totally changed, but that means that that Marty would also have changed. And the fact that he isn't and he has all his old memories, like, kind of doesn't make sense. Well, that's what I was going to say. We can't, as far as the rules of time travel and vortexes and space-time continuum, um, all that stuff, we'll just ignore that, because we're going to, every single time we watch anything or read anything time Mm -hmm. travel-related, there's going to be a million plot holes. I will say, as far as time travel goes, there's one massive plot hole that nobody ever fucking points out, and I think it's like, well, they do point it out, but I think it's the most important one to point out. Uh, She had a crush on him. His own mom had a crush, which is one of the weird things in this movie I did not, like, I know that's the point of the movie. Oh, yeah, it's played for laughs. Yeah, but it's weird. It's too weird. It's really weird. Uh, She, which is obviously a form of narcissism, Mm because she would obviously see a lot of herself in him, because he's half her. But she falls for this kid, and is trying really hard to get with him, and he's the whole time going, (laughs) gross. Uh, And then later on in life, so, so even though he set them up, Still a weird thing where she had a massive crush on somebody for so long. You're going to name your kid that same name. Hold on. You're going to name your kid that name. You're going to name him whatever. And he then he's born. And then he grows up. And he looks exactly like the kid that set you guys up. Yep. No no things in your brain go off. Yep. Literally, and, the last thing I wrote here on that stuff I just read is, and they don't recognize Marty. Yeah. Because not only did he do all that, he also hung out with his dad and helped him learn how to be a t- t- tough guy and fight and set up a whole plan with him. And they're only, like, what, in their 40s? 50s, yeah. maybe? Like, they, they literally don't remember like that much time. Ago? Well, 30. It was exactly yeah. 30 years ago. Yeah. Uh, the other major problem I had with that is the they did this a lot in the, the 80s and, and 90s and stuff, and, and I get it, playing it up as, like, oh, this guy's bad. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, we were talking about it in the Hogan movie. Um Suburban Commando with the, the they had this woman. It was two guys in the abandoned building. What do you think they're gonna do? Right, right. Point at her and make fun of her. Um, Beth Lake was blatantly trying to rape Marty. Oh Paul. yeah. Oh yeah. What else would he be trying to do? Just sexually assault? That's it? Like, no, but I what, think what is this? Why? You know, I think that's the point though. Like you know, he's and... gonna rape her. But that's really dark because this movie is meant for family. 
Yeah. It is meant for like kids and it also makes Biff, who is sort of weirdly like goes back and forth from being evil to being like like shit on, because that's another thing that's changed now in the future is now Biff fucking waxes people's cars and uh as we see in two, he's still doing that as an old man. He's still waxing people's cars in the future. So like his life now sucks. Right. Um so there's a lot of people whose lives are changed. Like as another thing in the movie is when he tells he at the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. and this goes into what we we're talking about in the in the last film about the time rules and stuff. So Marty is walking through the town, right? And I love how like in the town there's like the porno theaters in the middle right. of town square and shit. In the background, a car goes by, like right at the beginning of the scene, that's like elect Goldie Wilson, mayor. Mm-hmm. Or re-elect, I think, Goldie Wilson Mayor. He goes back in time, and Terminator 2 style, or Terminator 1 style, he convinces that guy to go run for mayor. So wait, was that guy ever going to run for mayor? Or did that, that was already predestined to happen? You know what I mean? Like, he already was going to go back in time and change that stuff, and that's that car driving by is evidence of that, because apparently without him then that would have never existed. Same thing with Johnny B. Good. The fact that he already knew Johnny B. Good and that it existed and knew how to play the song, but then somehow... Yeah, we're doing, is, you're doing it again. We're getting way too into right. the time. But the thing is, like, the these like, things that are like, what, that doesn't make... It's, it's yeah. exactly like sending a guy back to be your dad in Terminator. <laughs> like, it, it's kind of a paradox yeah. of sorts. And I also think it's funny that she's like, I love that name, Marty. And then names her first two kids, or her first son, not Marty. <laughs> like, interesting. Like, I'll save it for my third child. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, it was all, that stuff was bizarre. Right. Um, but overall, dude, I fucking, I just, it, it feels so still timeless. No pun intended. Like, it, it still feels like this movie could be made now. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic on that front. I, th- I mean, I thought the opening was kind of silly with the guitar and the... Yeah, I mean, that's classic, you know? though. That's, that's like so classic. I also, I love how Marty's band, the Pinheads, come out, and I mean, everybody knows this now because they, you know, if you've seen the movie, you probably know that uh, the guy who's doing the talent show thing is Huey Lewis. Yeah. And they're playing a, like... A like Steve Vai fucking Joe Satriani version of The Power of Love with Marty just fucking shredding on the guitar. And then, of course, he says, you know, Huey Lewis is like, it's too, you're too loud. And uh, I love that moment. Um, and, but I, it was literally the first time I've seen this movie so many times. I was like, I never realized he's playing The Power of Love. Like, I always thought it was funny that. That Huey Lewis is there, but I literally somehow that like went over my head that he was playing the same fucking song, and I was like, God damn it! <laughs> um, this is in the trailer, so it's not a spoiler. But mm-hmm. um, and I, I'm probably not going to end up seeing it, which I know might be blasphemous to some people here. Um, but Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, what's his name? Yeah, uh, Mike, Mike Myers. Myers plays the one of the people that would be distributing the mm-hmm. album and saying that six minutes is too long for the radio. Blah blah blah. This is not a song a bunch of kids are going to be driving around in their car banging their heads to, which I thought yeah. was awesome. It reminds me of that because yep. he's yep. the guy that kind of set that tone with Wayne's World yep. by doing that. Another connection to Wayne's World is that these, this house in Back mm-hmm. to the Future, uh, Marty's parents' house, mm-hmm. is a on the same lot where they shot Wayne's World. And Wayne's house is either the same house 
or right next to it. There's like this lot where they shot a ton of fucking movies in California. <laughs> and it's, yeah, so Wayne, Wayne lived right around the corner, I guess, from Marty. When I was in California, I, um, I attended an after party for a Project X premiere mm-hmm. um, that took place on the lot, which is where they were filming True Blood every day. Yeah. But I did get to see the house from Nightmare on Elm Street. Nice. I saw the door. I took a picture <laughs> of it. And I just posted it to, to Facebook. I said, 10 points for the first person to say what this is from. Nice. So it was fun. But uh, I've never seen any other ones like that. Yeah. I want to go to New Mexico and do all the Breaking Bad ones. I got to bring up something in this movie um, that I noticed a couple times. Did you notice Diet Pepsi Free? Uh-oh. Yeah, all the, it was like it must have been in a time where Diet Pepsi was doing something, uh, some sort of marketing campaign where they're calling it Diet Pepsi Free, but it's all over the place in this movie. <laughs> um, and there's they really it's like what, only the only thing people drink. Diet Pepsi Free was introduced in 1982 as the first major brand caffeine-free cola. <laughs> And another thing, my girlfriend actually pointed this out. We were watching the movie together, and she was like, look at what he's wearing. He has, Marty is wearing a paisley shirt with a denim jacket, right, on top of that, underneath his classic orange vest, denim jeans, and, like, 80s basketball sneakers. And I was just like, that is, like, what people wear now. That's, like, what hipsters wear nowadays, the Marty oh, yeah. fly. It all comes full circle. Yep. There was yep. we, I remember in the early 2000s, like, everybody I knew was dressed in 70s. So yeah. once the yeah. skinny jeans became a thing, everybody was wearing, like, flannel tops right. and wearing the 70s glasses. Mm-hmm. And everybody smoked mm-hmm. weed. And they had, uh, exactly. you had a, a, a Jimi Hendrix t-shirt and shit like that. So. Right. There's also a, uh, this was the second week in a row we had a movie that had Mr. Sandman in it. Halloween also had the song Mr. Sandman, Bring Me a Dream. Okay. Yep. Um, and uh, one of the other things I, I, I kind of think every time I watch this movie. So Doc Brown, right, he's just made a time machine. And he uses his own pet dog to test, test to this time machine. It was like kind of, kind of an asshole. And it's, it's shown later how much he cares about this dog because he's literally created a thing that will keep Einstein alive for, like, ever, basically. Right. So he, like, loves this dog, but he's also willing to make it a test subject at a time machine that could kill people. And so the last thing I want to say is that do you think there's this theory floating around about this movie that there are two Martys, and one of the people who described this are the, guys, the guy who originally created Rick and Morty, that the second Mor- Marty dies when Marty, at the end of the movie, comes back to the Lone Pine Mall and you see, he sees the DeLorean. The DeLorean actually explodes and Marty 1 disappears so that it fixes the time paradox. It has to because, I mean, it, as far as the paradox goes, if he had left, went back, and changed everything, how would they recognize Marty when he came home? Right. He would have been gone for years. Exactly. So, so yeah, man, Back to the Future. Really great movie. I think we've talked quite enough about it, and we'll talk a little bit more in the verdict just to... Some specifics, but yeah. Citizens, the Church of the Holy Hologram needs your cash now. My movie's better. Time travel. See, I've talked to others and no one believed me, so I decided to lie a little bit.
bit to at least get someone to come see this. What are you talking about? Oh, no. Well, you see, this plane, now well, this stuff, uh, enables who's ever inside it to, uh, to travel through time. Time? You mean this isn't about a fuel-efficient intake? Things never change, do they, Nick? Oh, no, no, this time they do. You brought us up here this morning to look at your time machine. Uh, that's time transport, yeah. Look, do you think you could land this plane? I mean, I really don't have time for this nonsense. I've got a very busy schedule today. So this week's trailer of the week is for an upcoming movie called Green Book, and it stars. Uh, oh man, I'm not gonna be. I'm gonna totally butcher this guy's name, Marshala Ali. Actually, I think I did pretty good. And yeah, that's v- pretty good. Viggo Mortensen, and it is about a classical pianist, John, Don Shirley, and a New York bouncer, Tony Lip, which I love that name. Um, who's serving as his driver in security on a trip through the deep south in the 1960s. Yeah, some guy called over here, a doctor. He's looking for a driver. You interested? I am not a medical doctor. I'm a musician. I'm about to embark on a concert tour in the Deep South. What other experience do you have? Public relations. Do you foresee any issues in working for a black man? You and the Deep South? There's gonna be problems. Promise me you're gonna write me a letter. No problems. Tell me that don't smell good. I've never had fried chicken in my life. You people love the fried chicken. You have a very narrow assessment of me, Tony. Yeah, right? I'm good. We'll be interacting with some of the wealthiest people in the country. It is my feeling that your addiction could use some finessing. Why are you breaking my balls? Because you can do better, Mr. Balalonga. Dolores. I saw Dr. Shirley play the piano. He's like a genius, I think. Come on, take it easy. I prefer not to get grease on my blanket. Ooh, I'm gonna get grease on my blanket. This gentleman says that I'm not permitted to dine here. I'm afraid not. How does he smile and shake their hands like that? Because it takes courage to change people's hearts. What are you doing? A lot of May I? Dear Dolores, sometimes you remind me of a house. You know this is pathetic, right? Put this down. The distance between us is breaking my spirit. Falling in love with you was the easiest thing I have ever done. P.S. Kiss the kids. That's like clinging a cowbell at the end of Shostakovich's seven. That's good. It's perfect, Tony. Come on, get out now. You never win with violence. You only win when you maintain your dignity. People, you, Mr. Big Shot, doing concerts for rich people. So if I'm not black enough, and if I'm not white enough, then tell me, Tony, what am I? Anyone can sound like Beethoven. But your music, what you do, oh, you can do that. What do we do about the bones? We do this. <laughs> Pick it up, Tony. Squirrels would eat it anyway. Pick it up. Oh, that was a good time. Green Park. 
PG-13. this week is going to be safety not guaranteed really yeah i thought you would have made that third place so i'm no. surprised time after time is third place all right yeah i don't think it's better than safety not guaranteed as much as i talked shit of or well not to talk shit but just had problems with safety not guaranteed i still think it's a better movie um I think that they're both movies that you should see, but I would definitely recommend them for different reasons, and I would probably recommend Safety Not Guaranteed first. But, like, you know, I mean, I feel what's great about these episodes is that we're getting away out of the way some of the movies which are, like, hard to really go up against, like mm-hmm. Back to the Future. Like, no shit, Back to the Future is number one here. Like, it's... It's the sum of all its parts. It's a fantastic movie, super popular, still holds up to this day. Great music, great acting, right. great effects for its time, great practical effects. Like it hits all the buttons. It's you know, Safety Not Guaranteed is a great movie, but I can't, I can't put it over Back to the Future. Yeah, and Back to the Future you can watch with anybody. Totally, totally. You can watch with anybody. Yep. Your kids can't watch time yep. after time. So Something I gets yeah, ripped. I would say Safety Not Guaranteed. I give it like, uh, I give it like a eighty-five. I'd give uh, uh, Time After Time 70, and I would give Back to the Future 95. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I'm, again, three weeks running, I think it is, the exact same order. <laughs> and the audience has won yes. yet again. Yeah, well, we, we are stacking odds against ourselves here, though. We, did, we allowed this. This is yeah. our, our new rule. Um, I think that uh, it's ir- ironic that we chose Halloween over Scream because Halloween kind of set up a lot of the tropes for Scream and time after time did that for Back to the Future. But Back to the Future they just yeah. it's just done so much better. It's totally. done so well and it's it's a near perfect movie. I definitely think it'll go into our little Hall of Fame that we have on the Facebook. Oh hell yeah. Definitely. Yeah. That's it for me. I don't do scores. You get the scores down. Yeah. I'm not gonna be doing scores. Yeah. That's my order. So I'm gonna good. say right. number one, the movie that was better this week is Back to the future. All right. Shark still looks fake. Hi, friends. Goldie Wilson III for Wilson Hover Conversion System. You know, when my grandpa was mayor of Hill Valley, he had to worry about traffic problems. But now, you don't have to worry about traffic. I'll hover convert your own road car into a Skyway Flyer. Welcome to the Cafe 80s, where it's always morning in America, even in the afternoon to noon. Our special today is Mesquite Grilled yes, Sushi. You must have the Caucasian style. Yes, you go you buy, must buy, buy the Caucasian style. You must have the Caucasian style. Hey, 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 I'll show you, kid. I'm a crack shot at this. Can you please your hands? 
That's like a baby's toy. Hmm. Baby's toy. kids. Why? They're big fans of yours. What? Everyone is. Wild Stallion's music has become the foundation of our whole society. No way. Yes way. Me. Movies. Peter. Ex-Geles. Adventure. Once again, I just want to say thank you to our listeners. And if you haven't done yet, rate, review, subscribe, especially on Apple Podcasts if you can. In fact, I believe you were there. That futuristic place with the domes. And the totally excellent music. They totally worshipped us there, Rufus. I know. That's why I was sent to make sure you passed your history report. If you want to donate to the podcast, you can go to paypal.me forward slash mymoviesbetter. Uh, we have already gotten a new microphone, one of two new microphones that is a pretty dope setup, and I would like to have one over here. He's got the nice arm yeah. for it. Uh, we There is now a 3D camera. We will be doing Facebook Live videos soon enough. Um, so, I mean, every little bit helps, but we are going to make a Patreon, so that form of helping us out might be null and void by the time you hear this five years from now yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, outside of that uh, make sure you follow us on everything Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat are all at MyMoviesBetter our Facebook page to like is facebook.com forward slash MyMoviesBetter uh, you can join the group from there which is where so much of the action goes down we have bonus episodes in there uh, and those bonus episodes will be in the group for a limited time because eventually they're going to be up on our Patreon yep. exclusively um, and be sure to send us a message on the Facebook or email us at mymoviesbetter@gmail.com. If you have any stories you want to tell us, you have any ideas for the podcast, you want to get yourself involved whatsoever. Uh, but as always, thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.